You're listening to the Rockford Symphony Orchestra podcast, where we look to inform about our upcoming events and give insight to behind-the-scenes happenings at the RSO. Hi, this is Margot Stedman, Education and Community Engagement Director at the Rockford Symphony Orchestra, and I'm here today with Lucas Segovia, who is the choreographer of our production this year of The Nutcracker. And this is your third year with us. It is. Yes, yes. which is great. Is. But this is the first time I think we've sat down and done yes. this kind of podcast. Yes, yes. Which is... It's so exciting. Why did we it's wait? Great. I don't know, but it's, it's great that we're doing it now. We need to do it always. I think there's so many interesting things. Um, I mean, I took dance classes as a little girl, but I never did anything like this. Uh-huh. And so hearing your perspective on what's going on behind the scenes, letting people know what goes into it, I think um, there's so many things that we don't know. And I mm-hmm. think we don't even know what we don't know. So yeah. you're going to shed some light on some of that today. Mm-hmm. I guess just what is the process like for you? How do you how do you choreograph ballet <laughs> in, in three sentences? No, just kidding. It's so interesting. You know, um, because it is the third year, this year is about staging. It is not um, choreographing. I, I created this for Rockford Dance Company three years ago, the first time. And I spent many, many hours doing a ton of research, mostly on the twists that I wanted to to bring to the story mm-hmm. because I, I, I love the, the entire um, idea of Nutcracker, but I wanted to make sure that all of the parts really resonated with me, so I could I could connect with them as well. Um, and so it was it was talking to many people, playwrights and uh, theater people, also to help me bring the story to the life that I wanted and, and give it the light that I was looking for. And then I think it was also experience because I was thinking about that actually on the way here. I think I've performed about twenty five different versions of Nakata. Wow. So I have many different party scenes, battle scenes, snow You've scenes. You've got a mental like library. A, yeah. Yeah. And so it was easier to find those resources because mm. it was remembering what was fun, what was interesting, what actually I remembered from that, which means it made a mark. Yeah. And and taking it from there. And so I started with what did I like from those productions? Can I create something similar here with the resources that I have and do I like the the way that the story is shaping so what was your first nutcracker and what was your role in it it was so interesting because you know nutcracker is um and it, it is a huge tradition here but it wasn't a worldwide hmm. sensation until fairly recently. Okay. So my first Nutcracker was actually here in the States, was with Washington Ballet in Washington, D.C. And what happens when you dance in, in big companies is that you have a multitude of shows. Uh-huh. So you have many roles. Uh-huh. And because you have to switch roles as the uh, performances progress, because you can do the same show over and over. You can do the same um, part every time you can't play the same part it's very tiring yeah um so i remember the first thing that i learned was party scene because we were all involved in party but i was i think i had about 10 roles at washington ballet it was about 40 performances and then even more at joffrey for sure yeah yeah that's so interesting so i think one thing we feel is special is that we do it with live music here is that it feels like that's not as common nowadays. Is that true? I think it depends on the size of the organizations and the possibility of collaborations yeah. like it happens here. And I think that is that is very unique and it's fantastic. Because we're a mid-sized community. Yes. So. Um, 
And I think that you also have here in Rockford a structure that really supports it because you have a, a theater that has mm -hmm. a really big orchestra bit. And so yeah. it fits an orchestra comfortably and it fits a, a big size production like Nutcracker. Um, I've, I've traveled all over to perform it and I see that sometimes it is impossible because the technical aspects are yes. just not there. Um, and sometimes, well, it's it's also a matter of resources and, and not being able to really get to agreements and collaborations with orchestras sure. or symphonies, and that makes it more difficult. So as the person artistically in charge of all the dancers, how does that intersect when you're working with a live orchestra, communicating tempos or any other things like that that have to be coordinated? Yeah, it is a great challenge to have because... The one thing that I rely on is that it will sound great. So then I don't have a problem with that. It's only discussing what we need in specific parts for for us as performers mm -hmm. you know, and especially for the principal dancers that need specific tempos for their variations and for their um, for their duets, for all the parts that they dance um, that may or may not be explicit in the score. Sure. And so it is, it is mostly discussions with the with the conductor and it's also sending samples of the tempos that we have and then it's just trying and feel and rehearsal really <laughs> feeling it yes when we are the first day together with the orchestra and the dancers it's always a bit jittery because we're all trying to find our place and then it be, it kind of comes in sync as as we progress in those rehearsals and that's very special so this is something i'm just personally curious about i feel like you know, dancing, it's your whole body and every human body is different. And how does that impact the need for different tempos or how does that, it must change it slightly or what is that like? Always. I think that every dancer has a preference for tempos. That's for sure, because it, it has to do with um, what it speaks to them and what is easier or more pronounced in, in a dancer. There is something that it, when it's a collective piece like in in the case of Nutcracker the Waltz of the Flowers mm -hmm. I set the tempo as the director sure. because I want it at a specific speed but also I want dynamics that are clearly marked mm -hmm. when it comes to soloist dancers you have to also look at it, the bigger picture of the show so I will allow some changes in the tempos as long as it makes sense in the story and what I am trying to tell because it will change the colors of it sure. dramatically. Sure. And then ultimately for the principles, it also um, has to do with the steps that you feel more comfortable or the steps that you want to do for that particular performance. So mm -hmm. those steps will require st specific tempos or you may want some cuts here and there because it will make something else um, highlighted later yeah. on. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It's so interesting. So for this year's performance of The Nutcracker, um, are there special moments that the audience should be looking for or hidden gems that we might not notice? I mean, I know when I watch it, there's always so much going on mm. stage. It's a sensory overload yeah. in the most wonderful yeah. way. You're looking. But what are some of those special moments that we might look for that if you don't know, you might miss? It's so interesting because my thing every year is to try to add a little bit more magic to it and yeah. I think at its core to me it's a magical show and so we have some more we added some more tricks and some magic there's some new sets some definitely some new costumes as far as um, production goes 
you know, the lighting is, is very clear and we have worked it out with the theater to have some special lights that I'm looking for because it creates environments that um, make the whole experience to be deeper. And I, I, and I really enjoy that. I love the idea that even though if you've come before, come again because yes. there's gonna be it's gonna be different it's gonna be special always in the moment not only because of the cast because we have new dancers and returning dancers i think it's also a really big cast this year which mm. is very exciting but because i try to keep the productions as alive as i can so for those returning patrons it will never be the same experience as the previous year there will always be a yeah. surprise for them and that's what excites me the most so I have to, as the education director hat, before we wrap up today, I have to, we have to talk about the student matinee. Mm-hmm. I think last year was just magical. People are still talking about it. It impacted our whole community. I, I mean, I hear about it from people still and we're sold out again this year. And I think one of the things that made it so magical was the introduction that you gave created a sense of community in that room. And it, it felt like, the epitome of what the arts were. Mm. And you you brought such energy to it. And I think it was special too because you were able to do it bilingually. Mm. I mean, I don't yes. speak Spanish. And you, the way you did it, no one knew if the next phrase out of your mouth would be English or Spanish. And it mm. didn't matter. We were mm-hmm. completely under your spell. I Yeah, I don't know what to talk about that, but I think it's important for our community to know that in addition to doing this choreography, you're bringing these special educational magical moments to our students and meeting them where they're at. We have so many students in our community that speak Spanish. You know what? It's so interesting because um, with performing Nutcracker, we always did student matinees. And I remember that those were the most enjoyable shows for us as dancers, mm. even though they were very early in the morning and we probably had a show the night before mm-hmm. and waking up, you know, to have a show at 10, your warm up as a professional is at around 830 in the morning. It's very early for the mm-hmm. body to put on the makeup and be ready to yeah. do the show. But it was because the energy that came from the audience was unlike any other show. The kids were not only committed, but they were extremely eager to be a part of it. And that's what you did. You didn't tell them what they couldn't do. You told them what they could do. And that made all the difference. So for our audience members that weren't there, Lucas told them they could yell bravo if they really liked it. And I don't know where you were, but I was out in the house and they were just losing their minds. But then the best part about it was you would hear people shushing after a minute because they didn't want to miss a moment of what was happening. You know, it's always trying to put it in the positive. And I always say, this is, this is, these are the rules. And so we don't talk. So that's the, the only no that you will yeah. have. We don't talk and we don't move around unless something really serious happens. But that, other than that, you're free to enjoy it the way that you would do it you would you would shout you would say bravo you would clap whenever you feel mm-hmm. like it don't don't feel repressed to only clap when it's supposed to for this show be free to actually express yourself in the way that they, and they were mm. they were and it was it was great and i i'm so excited about the show i know it's sold out yeah it, it is a great thing to do and i i so look forward to do it i think it's also a great thing that you guys do to build audiences of the future and yeah. that is, their, you know, if their first approach to an artistic event 
is Nutcracker like this with a live orchestra. Yeah. I think it's it's a gem. My favorite story was a middle school teacher telling me she had two 13-year-old boys and she thought they're never going to sit through a mm. ballet. <laughs> and they spoke Spanish at home. And the moment you started addressing the audience in Spanish, locked them in. And they were engrossed the entire time. Not because they couldn't understand English, but because it mattered to them that yeah. they saw themselves in you and they thought, this is for me. And I think that that's so interesting, right? Because we sometimes take it for granted. And I think representation and inclusion in that in that sense is so important. It's so it, relevant. It was for me when I when I started, when I first moved here to the U.S., I didn't speak English. And to have the possibility to attend events where it you know, somebody was talking in a language that I would understand it. It meant it was personal. It yes. meant that it, it got me closer and Absolutely. more involved to it. So, yeah, I, I I can't imagine. It was a suggestion of you guys, and I thought that that was a great idea. And I And I wouldn't imagine doing it any other way. No. Well, thank you so much for being here thank with you. us. I I know we're all looking forward to Nutcracker. It's a, always a magical time. Thank you. And I'm so glad we did this and looking yeah. forward. Tickets are still available, although they're selling strongly. That's so what don't I've wait. Heard. That's what don't heard. wait. Yeah. Get your tickets and join us at the Coronado. Yes. We'll see you there. Thank you. Thank you so much.